doctors don't have a clear understanding of it. It started opening up my mind to like, how does the human body work? This is a real thing that really affects people. This is a major pain. Welcome to Major Pain. I'm your host, Jesse Mercury, and this week we'll be speaking with Chaylin about SMA, Superior Mesenteric Artery Syndrome. According to rarediseases.org, superior mesenteric artery, SMA, syndrome is a rare condition that involves the small intestine. The condition occurs when the duodenum, the part of the small intestine that connects to the stomach, is compressed between two arteries. The main artery of the body, called the aorta, and one of the main branch arteries of the aorta called the superior mesenteric artery, SMA. The SMA provides blood supply to the majority of the small intestine. Compression from the artery, which is a muscular structure, can prevent food from traveling through the duodenum and leads to bowel obstruction within the small intestine. So what that meant in Chaylin's life is that she found herself completely unable to eat. Every time she would try to eat food, she'd end up throwing it up. She started losing a ton of weight and had no idea why until she was finally diagnosed with SMA a year after this ordeal began. Chaylin, who also goes by Che, is our youngest interviewee ever at just 15 years old. And when she first started having trouble keeping food down, her doctors assumed it was an eating disorder because of her age. After finally being diagnosed, Chaylin is working with her doctors to put some weight back on because she lost so much weight over the last year. And she's now getting her nutrition through a feeding tube that actually goes through her nose. She made a viral TikTok showing off being confident with her feeding tube. That's actually how her story first came on my radar. And I was very excited to ask her about finding that confidence to be seen, to be visible with a feeding tube. And in this podcast, she shares a powerful message about doing what you need to do without caring about what other people think. I didn't know that Chaylin was 15 years old when we sat down to record. I discovered that during the interview. So I did reach out to a parent and got enthusiastic permission to share this episode. I'm always excited to learn about a new rare disease that I've never heard of before from the point of view of the person living through it. And that's exactly what we have for you today. A really great interview. And we'll get to it in just a couple minutes. Last week on the podcast, I sat down with my partner, Andy, to provide an update on my own health situation. And I just wanted to say thank you to everyone who reached out with well wishes. I was very touched. I heard from quite a few of you. So thank you all for caring. <laughs> it just feels nice to know that people care. And I'm, I actually might have more updates coming very soon. I, I'm talking to my hepatologist tomorrow. So I'm really, really hoping that she has some ideas about where we can go next. I did get a little more information since last week that my vitamin D level is super, super low. Um, so I'm going to talk about this more on the Patreon podcast, which is coming out this week since we just started a new month. But I've been through a bit of an ordeal over the last week. I've been really, really sick as I've tried to get my vitamin D level up, ended up having to talk to someone in urgent care, and she actually filled me with hope that I might get some good information from my hepatologist this week because of what she saw on my liver biopsy. So I'm going to tell the whole story on the Patreon when Andy and I sit down to record that episode, uh, possibly today or tomorrow, depending on how I'm feeling. I, I've been feeling really rough. My energy has been abandoning me, <laughs> um, but I'm in good spirits, which is nice because for the first half of the week, I was in really, really bad spirits and actually talking to this doctor at urgent care made me feel so much better and really looking forward to this appointment uh, on Wednesday this week with my hepatologist. So yeah, fingers crossed. We'll see what comes from that, but I will update you all if and when I have some news. 
Speaking of the Patreon, thank you so much to our Patreon community, everyone supporting this podcast on Patreon. Um, Special thank you to our Patreon producers who signed up at the highest tier to support this show. Steve Cavanaugh, Chris Fowler, Ensign Q, and Trish O'Brien. Your support is massive. For everyone on Patreon, you're really helping to keep this show going, helping to keep me going as I am unemployed, currently looking for a diagnosis to my mystery illness. So thank you all so much for the support and the help. We are recording our bonus episode for the month of March. It's going to be out this week. Um, Like I was just saying, my health has been really rough this week, so my energy level is going to dictate when we record that, but I am committed to doing it. I want to tell this full story about this uh, thing that happened in urgent care this week, And also, Andy and I watched Spider-Man 2 last night, and I'm dying to talk about it. So, (laughs) the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man 2. So, that's what's coming up on the bonus podcast this week, as well as whatever else comes up when Andy and I sit down to chat. If you're interested in supporting this podcast on Patreon, it starts at just $2 per month, which does get you access to our bonus content, our bonus episodes. You can find all the information at patreon.com slash majorpainpodcast. Another great way to support this show is by leaving us a positive rating and review on Apple Podcasts, leaving us a positive rating on Spotify, or whatever platform you listen to our show. If they have ratings and reviews, please leave us one. It is so helpful for telling those algorithms to send people in this direction. So I always really appreciate that. If you leave a review on Apple Podcasts, I will see it and share it on the show. If you leave a review on any other platform, take a screenshot, email it to me at majorpainpodcast at gmail.com. I would love to share that as well. I'll remind you, as always, that my guests and I are not medical professionals. So please do not take any medical action based off what you hear on this podcast without first consulting your doctor. And with that, we'll get into our discussion with Chaylin about superior mesenteric artery syndrome. Chay, welcome to the podcast. Hi. I'm very excited to talk to you today. We just connected on TikTok like a, a week ago, and this is happening yeah. quick. And very yeah. excited to hear your story. Yes. I'm excited <laughs> to tell. <laughs> so, Che, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, my name's Chaylin. I live in Nebraska. I'm a sophomore. Um, I have SMA syndrome. Um, I just found out like a couple days before Christmas of last year. Oh, wow. Yeah. So this is new. Wow. Yeah. But I was sick for like 11 months before that. I got, I started getting really sick in February of 2021. Wow. Yeah. We're definitely going to dive into that, but tell me a little bit about you, like your hobbies or anything for fun Um, that you do. I like to paint. Um, I like to draw. I'm really good at pottery. I'm really good at pottery. Wow. Um, I have a cat. He's literally my best friend. His name's AJ. All my friends love him. He's right here, actually. Um, he's sleeping, though. <laughs> um, I like Lana at SVU and Organized Crime. Those are, my two <laughs> Those are like my comfort shows. I do want to be a nurse, though. Um, I want to work in the medical field. My uh, brother, he has um, like something wrong with his heart. I don't remember exactly what it is wrong with like his bicuspid valve or something mm. and then like um sma syndrome and like the celiac artery compression they both have to do with like your arteries and stuff like your vascular system in your heart and so i want to be like 
like a cardio like cardiovascular surgeon but like that's like my big dream like something when I'm older but um I definitely want to be a nurse like straight out of high school awesome very cool well yeah so it sounds like your your health situation has really kind of impacted how you think about the world and your future yeah awesome well yeah so let's get into it so Che what is your major pain Okay, so I have SMA syndrome, and it stands for Superior Mesenteric Artery Syndrome. I'm going to pull up the Google definition. Yeah, go for it. Um, Superior Mesenteric Artery Syndrome is a digestive condition that occurs when your duodenum, I think that's how you say it, it's the first part of your small intestine, is compressed between two of your arteries, the aorta and the superior mesenteric artery. And this compression causes partial or complete blockage of the duodenum. Um, the symptoms vary and like can be very debil- debilitating. Like when I first got sick, and especially like when full school first started, like I couldn't even get out of bed. Wow! Like I was just in pain, or like I was just going like I would wake up in the middle of the night just to vomit. Yikes! <laughs> and so. Um, it was actually kind of bad. And um, this, it says the symptoms may include abdominal pain, fullness, nausea, vomiting, or weight loss. And so I'm really tall. I'm six foot. And so, um, like, losing, like, even 10, bound, 10 pounds can be, like, kind of like a lot. And I went from 175 to 152 in, like, the span of, like, four or five months. Wow. And... Like, I could start to, like, see my rib cage and stuff. And as a kid and stuff, like, I love to eat. Like, food is, like, like my love language. Like, I love to cook everything. And so, um, like, not being able to eat or, like, cook because, like, I couldn't eat the food or I'd waste it, like, kind of sucked a lot. But um, I'd feel like when it says, like, fullness, like, I'd, like, my stomach would literally be full. Since it wouldn't go into my small intestine, I just like it ferment and I puke it up. Okay, wow. And so mine wasn't completely closed, but like if like so sometimes I wouldn't puke or like sometimes I wouldn't just depended. Like sometimes it's like I couldn't eat at all because I'd just puke it up or I'd I'd even puke up water. Like I couldn't keep down water. And that's when it got really bad and they finally let me get my CT which led them to fighting the SMA syndrome. Um, It says SMA syndrome typically is due to loss, loss of the mesenteric fat pad. It's a fatty tissue that surrounds the superior mesenteric artery. The most common cause is significant weight loss caused by medical disorders or surgery. So like, um, when I was researching it afterwards, like most doctors just like pass it off as an eating disorder because it's all the same symptoms hmm. as an eating disorder. And so like, they don't really like give them the feeding too. They're just like, you know, they just think it's like a mental thing. Yeah. That's frustrating. It says in younger patients, it most commonly occurs after like spinal surgery, but I haven't had none of that. And so the, really the only treatment options are, um, dietary changes or like liquid diet or small feedings like throughout the day or surgery, but um, they don't really do surgery anymore. Uh, when I was talking to the surgeon who like, he like showed me my CT scan and like really like explained it to me. Cause like I'm a visual person. And, um, he said that they haven't like 
performed surgery on SMA syndrome patients in over like 10 years because the feeding tube usually works. But um, basically it's something I'll have to deal with like for the rest of my life. So like after this, the feeding tube isn't forever. They just want me to gain 30 to 50 pounds. And I think I've already gained like 13 pounds. Um, but I've already had it for, um, I got it January 7th. So it'll be five weeks today that I've had it. And they said I'd have it for at least six weeks. So I'm have it for longer than six weeks because I'm gaining the weight slower than they expected, I guess. But to be honest, it's not that bad. And I've noticed like since I had it, like I've had a lot more energy. Like I've gone to school every day. I haven't missed a day of school besides the day that I got the feeding tube. I haven't missed a day of school. And before I was missing like so much school, I'm actually attending class. Uh, yeah, I feel like, there's been a like a major difference since I've got the feeding tube. Yeah. So for our listeners that can't see you, you have a uh, a feeding tube. It's like wrapped around your ear and then going in through yeah. your nose. Yeah. And and you said you just got that in five weeks ago. Yeah, January seventh. And then you said this started last December, so you've been sick for like a year. Yeah. They didn't. They didn't know what was wrong with me until December. Wow. Yeah, they didn't okay. Because my insurance was like being like suspicious about covering the and like covering for the ct scan yeah um when i went to the er they claimed it as an emergency and i got the ct scan and they found it wow okay so you've had this mystery issue for a year where you were like barely able to keep anything down losing a ton of weight and just like six weeks ago um got this feeding five weeks ago got this feeding tube you just got diagnosed with uh sma and so your whole life has just flipped around completely in the last couple of months. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Crazy. And like before, like I didn't know what was wrong with me. So like, I was like, I was just like, I'm literally sick for no reason. Like, yeah. Cause I've had stomach problems. Like since I was a little kid, like my fit, my whole family, like they have stomach problems, but like, like my mom, she has Crohn's disease. So they like test me. I don't, they don't think I have Crohn's disease or anything. And so, but like there was something wrong with my stomach. They just didn't know. And then they found out. Okay. Gotcha. And do you mind if I ask how old you are? I'm 15. You're 15 years old. Wow. This is a lot to deal with at 15. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. And a sophomore in high school. And then all of a sudden you have to go to school with a, with a feeding tube that's very visible. It's like right on your face. So, yeah. And that's why I asked you to come on the show is because I saw your TikToks and you're, you're out there, you know, being, you know, loud and proud yeah you you're confident yeah Yeah. flaunting it confident and cool and it doesn't matter that you have this um Mm -hmm. this feeding tube which is which is the reality is that you have to have it because you need it for your health and that's like the most important thing so tell me Mm -hmm. about that tell me about you know finding that confidence to be able to be so visible so to be honest like when i was younger like i wasn't like the most confident so I went to a predominantly like white school and I'm mixed. So like I'm black and I'm white. So it was either you're like too black or you're too white. So like I was insecure. Like I didn't know, like didn't care for myself or whatever. Mm. And I don't know. I just like last year, I just like, even like before I got the feeding tube, I just got to a point where I was like, I know I look good. And it's just, <laughs> Not everybody, I had to learn that not everybody looks the same. Like, you're not going to look like everybody else. Like, yeah. you have to be your own person and yeah. be okay. 
And I just learned how to be my own person and be okay and just not care what other people think of me because at the end of the day, I'm going to be the same person anyway. So why care what people think of me? They're not, it's not like my, the way I am is like really affecting their life that bad. Wow. I mean, that's something people don't usually realize until their thirties. So you're, <laughs> you're way ahead of the game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, okay. As far as the cause of you, you'd mentioned a couple of causes of SMA, but do they, have they pinpointed one for you specifically, or is it still kind of yeah, unknown? So I lost, I lost the, um, I, I was involuntary losing weight. Like I, I was like eating more so I could gain weight, but I just wasn't gaining the weight in my, the fatty pocket, um, was squeezing like the intro to my small intestine. So in like my stomach, so that, um, like the food was just sitting in my stomach and then it would ferment in my stomach with the stomach acid and puke it up and then feel better. And then I'd puke up the stomach acid. So it was always like, uh, not to be gory or anything, but like, it was always like the puke was always like different. Like one time, you know what oobleck is? No. Like cornstarch and water. Okay. That's what it felt like I was puking. Wow. For like a year. Yeah. Yeah. And, or it would just like be like stomach acid and it would burn or it'd be like water or it'd be like anything I ate. Mm-hmm. I'd watch it come out of my mouth. Oh man. Yeah. And do they think that your, your specific SMA is maybe like a, something that you were just born with or was um, it triggered they don't by know. something? They said, that, they said it could be genetic or it could be, um, or I could have been born with it and it could have been progressing because one of the side effects of SMA syndrome is stomach ulcers and they found stomach ulcers when I was in 2018 on me. Mm-hmm. And so it's just like, has this been progressing or what? Yeah. Interesting. So it, very possibly something you've just had. And then maybe as you grew, something got blocked or shrank right. or yeah. just, food just can't get through anymore. Yeah. And so I still eat with my feeding too, but it's not like big meals or like, it's like cream of wheat or like grits or like mandarin oranges or ice cream, like soft foods, because I like miss the sensation of eating. <laughs> yeah, totally. I was going to ask about that. Yeah. That, so like, what portion of your nutrition is coming from food, food and what's coming from? I, I'm on, I'm on my feed for 20 hours a day. So this is, I could, I don't have to eat like this. Mm. this like everything I need, like my calories, my vitamins, all of that is in there. So I could literally live off of this, but I just miss the sensation of eating. Totally, so gotcha. Eat. Yeah, so you just like have some food snacks, but all your yeah. nutrition basically is coming from the um, from the feeding tube. Yeah, my breakfast, lunch, and dinner. <laughs> yeah. How does the feeding tube work? So it, it, does it go in your nose and then all the way down to your stomach? No, mine goes all the way into my small intestine. Okay. It, it's open it like now there's an opening between my like my duodenum so that the food goes like it just goes straight in so that's why it's a little bit easier for me to eat food now since i got the tube i haven't puked at all i've only felt nauseous a couple times and that was recently like it wasn't like bad nausea where like i was gonna vomit like my it just was like in the car so like, i might i could have been car sick or something but when they install the feeding tube what does that feel like oh <laughs> okay so the first feeding tube okay so this is my second feeding tube my first feeding tube i had the older version 
of the one they had and it started clogging and it got to the point where they couldn't unclog it. But when they put that one in, I was asleep because they wanted to do like an endoscopy and look in my stomach and my small intestine. And so um, I don't feel, I didn't feel that one. And that one hurts. The first week I had it, it hurt. And like, it would hurt to talk. It hurt to laugh. I'm a funny person, so I was like laughing, <laughs> and <laughs> that kind of sucked. And so it was just like, day, I'm just not going to talk no more. But then after a while, I got used to it. I had like the chloris, the chloroseptic um, numbing cough drops, which kind of got used to the flavor, which is kind of gross because they're literally disgusting. But um, and the chloroseptic spray, but I didn't use it that much. But after a while, I got used to it, and it was okay. But then it clogged like two and a half weeks into me having it. Mm. And I had to pull it out myself. Yikes. Yeah. Because it was just like there for no reason. And I had to get a new one. It was already coming in the mail. And so I pulled it out. And I like two days where I didn't have my feeding tube. And then I went and got this one. But for this one, I was awake. And I was like, x-ray. And they like put this numbing stuff on it, but it didn't numb it until afterwards. Mm. <laughs> and so they're putting it, I was laying down on my back and they put it up my nose and it was like hitting like the back before it goes down your throat and that hurt. And so she was like, you got to swallow, you got to swallow. So when I swallowed and she started pushing it down, didn't hurt that bad. And then it started hurting cause she was going real fast. And then she started going slow again and then she like put more, she put more of the tube that needed, than needed in the tube so that she can make sure it was all the way into my small intestine. And then she unlooped it in my stomach because it was like looped in my stomach. And then that's how I have like this amount that I do out, the long amount, which is way easier because with my first one, the doctor said that um, the tube they gave me was too short. She went to go look at the first tube under the x-ray to see like what was wrong with it. If there was like a knot or if there was a clog, there was a whole bunch of the tube coiled in my stomach. Like not coiled, but like twisted in my stomach. There could have been way more out, hmm. which was annoying because I was getting Coke all over myself because Coke is how I used to get, how I get the clogs out. Cause this one's a clog sometimes, but the closure on this one is a twist. So it doesn't explode all over me. The other one was like a slide one. So this one unclogs it when it does clog it unclogs. So that's convenient. Yeah. So you said that when you got the feeding tube, it's like the first time in a year where you're getting good nutrition and all of a sudden you feel a little more alert, more awake. Yeah. Um, so yeah. is the feeling like uh, you must have like gone into this with some trepidation, like, oh man, I don't want to have to do that. But then you do it. And you're like, oh, now I feel better. And it must have well, changed how you felt, huh? I, when they told me when I was, I was looking it up. So the day in the ER, they were like, you're going to go talk to a surgeon. They're going to explain it more to you. They're going to look at the review, the CT scans. And so then I went and I had seen when I was in the ER that the treatment option was surgery or um, a feeding tube. And when they told me, they first told me that I had to that already compression syndrome from the MRI. And so, um, okay, well at first, okay. See, now I have to start from the beginning. Okay, so <laughs> when I first started going to the doctor, it was uh, maybe November. I got an ultrasound, and they seen a blood clot in my 
I can't remember, but it was like one of my major um, arteries. Um, it was like there was a blood clot. And so they was like, they were like, oh, it's because of the blood clot. And so then I went and I got an MRI and the blood clot had dissolved, but they saw celiac artery compression. And so um, then they were like, okay, it's celiac artery compression syndrome. And then they're like, you're going to need surgery. But since you're a child and this only happens in women like 35 to 60, nobody in Nebraska is willing to perform the surgery and you're going to have to go to Chicago. Mm. And so then we are like, don't know how we're going to afford to go to Chicago. And I was just getting sick and like, I was so sick. Da, da, da. And so then I went, and my mom was like, they were supposed to get her a CT scan, but insurance has covered it. And they're like, that's considered an emergency. I got the CT scan and they found that's the May syndrome. And that was in December. And then I went and I talked to the, sur- I had seen in the ER that day that um, it was like feeding tube or surgery. I didn't want surgery. Like when they, even when they told me I'd see the acardia compression syndrome, I was telling my mom, like, I don't want surgery. If I'm going to need surgery, I'll get the surgery. I didn't want surgery. And so um, then they're like feeding to her surgery. And then I went and I talked to the surgeon because I was, I thought I was getting off to a surgery. And I was like, and he was like, but, and then he was telling me like, I haven't done a surgery for SMA syndrome in over 10 years. Most people do the feeding tube in, um I was like so I'm gonna have to do the feeding tube and he was like yeah I was like okay like I had already I had already been like okay with the fact I'm gonna have a feeding tube like it's not forever so I wasn't like that bummed about it I was just like it's a temporary thing and after afterwards I'm gonna feel a hundred times better why not yeah that's that's great I mean you know for a lot of people when chronic illness strikes the the transition into acceptance and working with it to try to improve can be really mm-hmm. tough, you know, <laughs> Yeah. versus like the feeling of, man, I'm young and I was healthy last week, you know, like what is going on? Exactly. Why can't I go back to life as it was? And unfortunately it just doesn't work that way, but it right. seems like you really made that transition pretty quickly and, um, and came into that acceptance really quickly. Yeah. I was, I'd rather be a little bit not sick than seeing my rib cage and puking up literally everything I eat. Yeah, because you went through a rough year before this. Yeah, yeah, and like my mental health was just not in the best place. Like I was literally sad, like all the time. Hmm. From just not know what was wrong with me. From not knowing what was wrong. Yeah, totally. Right. That's so hard to like to be missing a foundational piece of who you are. You know, because like your your body is such a big part of who who you are as a person. So to not right. know what's wrong when something is obviously wrong is really deeply troubling. Um, yeah. How did you get through that time that year when you just had no idea what was going on? What did you lean on? What were your support mechanisms? My cat. <laughs> my cat. My cat. He's literally my best friend. My niece. I love my niece. She's my favorite person. I remember the first time that I really got sick. Um, in February, she was there and she sat in the bathroom with me while I was sick and puking. So did my cat. I thought that was cute. <laughs> yeah. So what was the shift in your mental health when you finally got a diagnosis? I cried. It was, but it wasn't like sad tears. Like it was relief. Like I remember I was crying and my mom, she was like, I'm sorry. I was like, 
for what like I'm happy like I know what's wrong with me now how how has it changed how you think about the future to finally have that answer I hope that I gain the weight back and I keep the weight and I don't have to deal with this again but if it does come around and I do have to deal with it again I, I know how to deal with it so it'll be better the second time around but hopefully that doesn't happen yeah, so what is the situation with that? It's like you if you can you stay on the feeding tube until you gain the weight back and then you try to go back to solid foods? Yeah. And then keep the weight up with the solid foods. Yeah. And then if that doesn't work, you go back on the feeding tube and you just this yep. is just something you're going to have to manage just for the rest yeah. of your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, you get better and better at it until it becomes yeah. second nature. People can get used to anything. Yeah. Um, before we started recording, you were telling me a little bit about seeing other people with feeding tubes on TikTok. Can you tell me about that? And, you know, yeah. like looking for that so, sort of validation, I guess, from seeing other people living the way that you're living. Yeah. So um, the TikTok that I made, it it reached like um, 700,000 people, I think. There were so many people in my comments telling me, Oh, I've had SMA syndrome too, where I used to have SMA syndrome. Like, you're so pretty. Da, da, da. Just like, <laughs> everybody was in the comments, just like supporting everybody. And it was just like, uh, I saw so many people. I saw, I heard I, all the compliments and all the people talking about having SMA syndrome or like feeling how I felt. I replied to every, I, I replied to every, I, or I liked or replied to the, all the comments that I needed to like and reply. And I felt good knowing that other people were feeling confident because I felt confident with my tube. Yeah, that's so cool. I mean, this is the side of the internet that people forget about is that because it's like so trolly and so negative and Mm -hmm. we're all being controlled by bots and algorithms. But there's also like this chance for really incredible connection. You know, we have this tool where anyone in the world can contact anyone else in the world Anyone can yeah. say anything, and if it has resonance, it can blow up. So exactly, and I think that's the TikTok that I that that hit my feed as well. Um, yeah. So, you know, being able to provide some sense of community and belonging around something painful is so powerful. And mm-hmm. like, not only did you go through this really hard year where you had no idea what was wrong, but you get to the end of it, and then you get to you know connect with other people and have right. this moment where this like really exciting moment where this message that you have to say goes viral. Um, yeah. Was that sort of like, like how did that feel for you in that moment to, to reach that point, to have something positive come out of this horrible year? Yeah, I was, I was, I was telling my mom about it too. Cause um, when I first had SMA syndrome, she went and she looked on TikTok and there was videos, but there wasn't a lot. And I was like, I was like, now I can be that person to tell people because I, there's like, they're not re- like the videos that are on TikTok, not, they weren't like recent videos or they weren't like helpful videos. And I plan on making more helpful videos like in the future too. What was it like to go to school for the first time with the feeding tube? Um, I had posted a, with my feeding tube on my Instagram story, which most people followed me on before I went to school. And then, like, just so, like, people wouldn't be, like, so shocked, just, like. And then I had posted on um, my Snapchat with it so that more people would see it. And then I just went to school. 
the first day I went to school, my bag wasn't decorated, but then I went back the second time and it was decorated. Um, I posted my bag on TikTok, but this is my bag. It has um, like my pump and like a syringe and then like my feeding tube because I'm on it for 20 hours. So when I go to school, I'm still connected to it. And I've gotten a lot of compliments on it. And it says, <laughs> stare, just ask on the bottom. Yeah. And everybody loves that. And it also says crazy cat lady. <laughs> yeah, crazy cat lady. Yeah. And everybody knows about my cat, AJ. So everybody was like, that's funny because she is in there. The LGBTQ plus heart and a dinosaur. I like dinosaurs. Awesome. <laughs> so it sounds like you've you've had a lot of support. You know, you have. It sounds yeah. like you haven't really been bullied for doing something that you have to do. No. Yeah. No. Which is awesome. I mean that that's yeah. a. You know, I feel like this generation that is uh, of teenagers right now is a lot more empathetic and understanding than when mm-hmm. I was when I was yeah. a teenager. Yeah. Open minded. Yeah open-minded yes which that's wonderful that is beautiful i'm so excited by that (laughs) like that's what i wanted when i was a teenager and i'm so excited to see that happening for teenagers Mm. now it's so cool yeah with the whole open-minded thing like people like i don't know like use their voice like i use my voice like if someone's talking about my tube i'm gonna talk back because what's but people People are understanding. People don't care. I have gotten like a lot of like compliments. Like I would not be as confident as you are if I had my feet, if I had a feeding tube, like, I don't know how you did it. Like a lot of friends are telling me, like, I would not have came to school. Mm. And I was like, I'm gonna come to school. I feel better now. I'm gonna come to school. Like I, I did, I did not do good with my grades last year. Cause I was, I wasn't going or not last year, last semester. Because I was sick, I wasn't going to school. I missed so much school. Everything is relative. And if you're sick and throwing up all the time and can't go to school, going to school with a feeding tube and feeling good is so much better. You know, it's way better. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And my teachers, like, they even said, like, a noticeable difference. Like, I was interactive in class and stuff, like, last year, but I was always tired. I had no energy. Like, I would sleep in class a lot. Mm. But I'm, like, interactive in class. I come to class. And so it's just, like, I think they've definitely noticed, like, an improvement. Yeah. And, yeah, that says a lot about, you know, like, some kids who don't do well in school, it's not their fault. You know, it's exactly. not. It, there's no exactly. lack. Exactly. There's no lack yes. of interest. It's not a lack of wanting to do well. It's just, like, you know, I, I had some of this in high school because I, I had some health issues in high school as mm-hmm. well um my health my nothing my stuff got a lot more serious later but but in high school i remember like being so exhausted every day and i was like lying down in class you know like i would get yeah. on the floor and lie down and sleep sometimes yeah um and just that feeling of just like i i need i need to be here i want to be here but my body is just not here with me right it now yeah exactly like Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So to get that energy back must be so such a powerful feeling, and yeah. no, no matter what you have to do to do it, you're going to do it. Exactly. Yep. So I see behind you. I see your um your your bag with your what what is that called? Is that like a um? It's an Intera Light Infinity. This is the pump. So it feeds me for twenty hours, and then 
and then I just have my four hour break from it. And then the milk, it goes through here and it clips into there from the bag and it just pumps it through my body. Okay. And so, and it looks like a, um, like an IV on a pole. Um, like yeah, you I see. have it on the IV pole for like when I sleep and stuff and okay. because I'm in bed. Otherwise, I usually have it in my bag and it loops through and then I have the backpack on. Okay. So you just wear it like a backpack and, and yeah. there's that portable version that you just uh, yep. take to school and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you said that it was supposed to be six weeks, but it's going to be longer because you need to put a little more weight on before you take the yeah. tube out. Um, yep. Do you have a sense of how long it's going to be? Um, I have no idea. Just however long it takes my body to gain the weight because yeah. like some weeks I've gained like five pounds, some three, some none. So it's just like, it's a waiting game. Are you at all nervous to take the tube out? Are you nervous that you might have some of the same issues come back? Um, I hope not. All I know is once the fatty pad is back, I'm going to make sure that I eat enough and hopefully keep the weight on or gain more from normal food. So I just I don't have to worry about it anytime soon. Is there a special diet you'll have to adhere to at that point? Um, probably not. I'll probably just go back to how I normally ate, but more because before, like I was eating, but I couldn't eat that much. Cause I would, I knew I was going to puke it up. Like I was scared to eat because I was like, am I going to puke this? Sure. Thing? Absolutely. Uh, you mentioned, um, let me see if I can remember it. Celiac artery compression syndrome. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. I remembered it. I can't believe it. Yeah. <laughs> so they thought that's what you had at first, but you also mentioned before we started recording that you, they think you might still have that. Yeah. They think I either have celiac artery compression syndrome or that my celiac artery is twisted. Oh, okay. They aren't like super worried about it right now because the SMA syndrome was more like, because, um, since it had to do with my arteries and like the lower part of my body, I could have like lost blood flow to the lower half of my body. My doctor said, um, since it had to do with my arteries, it was also reducing blood flow to my brain and causing me to have severe constant migraines. Like I would wake up and go to sleep with a migraine. Wow. It was horrible. Like the migraines and the puking were the worst two things ever. Did the migraines stop when you got the feeding tube? I still have migraines sometimes, but I have not had them every day and I don't wake up with them anymore. Wow. So this just like changed your whole life so fast. Yes. That's yes. incredible. It must be so exciting. I mean, I, I'm, yeah. I've am i been looking for a diagnosis um, for my mystery illness for a long time. And I'm just like, the, whenever people tell me about getting a diagnosis, I just know what that I, I can imagine what that must be like because I've lived yeah. without for so long and like the excitement yeah. of finally having that answer must be so powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Cause um I'm gonna start doing nails soon, like acrylic nails. I did my own nails. Oh cool. Um, <laughs> yeah. And so like now I have all this energy and it's like I'm gonna be able to do it now and like yeah. make it an occupation throughout high school so that I have something to do. Yeah, I mean it really like it really gave you your life back. Mm-hmm. That's so awesome. How has this been for your family? I mean, having a, a year um, where you're throwing up and so sick all the time must be so hard. Yeah. Um, they've been really supportive, like, and really proud of me. Like, I can, I know how proud they are of me, especially with how I hold myself with the feeding tube. Like, I really don't care. Like, 
I don't care what people think of me. Like, that's your problem if you don't like me, <laughs> not mine. Yeah, I mean, you are feeling better. You're excited to be back at school and nothing else matters. You know, that's so, exactly. that's so real. Like, nothing else matters. Um, exactly. Yeah, and you mentioned, you know, your doctors at first not believing you or thinking it was... Uh, an eating disorder, almost like trying to blame you for the symptoms. Yeah, they they kept asking me, like, did you lose the weight on purpose? Like, did you want to lose the weight? I was like, no, I was trying to gain weight. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is such a common theme on this podcast of doctors not believing people. And, yeah, you know, it's so frustrating because it takes so much time to get through that. Exactly. Yeah. My mom, my mom, she, she got real impatient with the doctors and was like, y'all need to figure this out. Yeah. I mean, people just get like sicker and sicker while they're waiting for their doctors exactly. to take them seriously. Exactly. I've lived through that for a long, long time. Mm -hmm. um, and it took me getting a lot worse for my doctors to finally listen to me. And right. it's just like, why is it that 99% of the people that I interview have that experience? It's not okay. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And especially for young people, because... Because you're young, you're, you're young, you're healthy. Or exactly. Whatever. That's what I kept hearing. It's like, well, you're young and healthy. I'm like, well, I'm not. That's why I'm here. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. Yeah. So frustrating. Well, you did a really awesome job today. I mean... This is, it's so cool to learn about a new disease. You're officially the youngest person that's ever been on the podcast. And wow, I feel you, special. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you talked about your parents being proud of you, and I hope that you're proud of yourself because I am. you should be, because the, the way that you're yeah. carrying this is so awesome. You know, the way that you've like, taken so much hardship and transformed it into these positive lessons for yourself mm -hmm. uh, is something that that is so hard to do and to do yeah. that at 15 years old is astonishing. So I'm so impressed. Thank um, you. My last question for you is if you could share a message with other, uh, other teenagers living through some health crisis um, who are struggling with, you know, maybe it makes them look different or seem different or act different. Mm -hmm. What's, what's a message you would share to, to someone else your age? I'd say, don't let them people get to you. They're literally temporary in your long life. Like you have so much more to live for than worrying about what other people like. They don't know you. They just they just look at you and assume they don't really know you. So I wouldn't really I wouldn't want you to take it to heart because they don't know you. And that's why my bag, like I wish more people would like like I want to make like a sticker or a patch that says don't stare, just ask. Hmm. I just love that. Like. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. And the, the people that matter are going to care and are, and exactly. ask and learn and treat you this, like a person, you know? Right. And the people that won't do that, those people are not going to matter in your life. Like those, exactly. Well, you don't need those people. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, do you have anything you'd like to plug or share with the audience? Direct us towards your TikTok. Um, my TikTok is ch three one. YN and so is my Instagram and I'm thinking about making a YouTube so if I make a YouTube it'll be CH31YN too like it'll all be the same awesome well Chaylin thank you so much for coming on the podcast I'm so thank impressed I'm, I'm really excited to share your story and I wish yes. you all the best on this on this SMA journey that you're on you too you too Thanks for listening to this episode of Major Pain. I'm Jesse Mercury, your host and the producer of this podcast. 
artwork by Egg Salad Salad. Our theme music is the song Time Machine from my sci-fi synth-pop album, available at jessemercury.bandcamp.com. Send your thoughts or questions to our email address, majorpainpodcast at gmail.com. You can also use that address to find us on PayPal. Tips are greatly appreciated. Don't forget to leave a positive rating and review on Apple Podcasts or the podcast platform of your choice. Find more information about this show or leave a comment on any episode at our website, majorpainpodcast.com. Major Pain is supported by listeners on Patreon. Thank you to our $2 per month supporters, our $7 per month patrons Naomi Adele Smith, Sunny Roberts, Laura Stevens, Brooke Walters-Schmidt, Kelsey Matson, and All Around Foundation Waterproofing, and our $25 per month producers Steve Cavanaugh, Chris Fowler, Ensign Q, and Trish O'Brien. Learn how you can support the show while receiving special recognition, gifts, and monthly bonus episodes at patreon.com slash majorpainpodcast.